0: I want to welcome everybody across the network to this special weekend where we're pushing pause on the Walking with Giants series to take a moment to acknowledge a milestone in the life of our church. You see, it was back in January that we began a conversation collectively around a few what we're calling bold moves. Uh, there's specifically nine bold moves that we've been leaning into uh, from engaging in local schools to the launching of the Kiwanee campus to engaging in neighborhoods very specifically and even modifying our current environments to be more conducive for people to encounter Jesus. Each of these bold moves are intentional investments so that more people can know God through Jesus. And we, and we do this as a people who follow Jesus, because we understand that we are in an ongoing rhythm with him, where he's bringing moments and opportunities in front of us to join him in the work that he's doing for his purpose. Now, every time he does that, we've got a choice of whether we're going to step into it or not. But every time we do step in, in bold obedience, he shows up. And as a church, we're totally committed to doing anything and everything God asks Not only because he's in charge, we submit to him, but because every time we do, he does show up. Every time we take a bold step of faith, he shows up big. And then he asks us to take another bold move, a bigger move after that, and he shows up once again. And we've seen that over and over in more than 50-year journey that we've had here in the Quad Cities as a church. And this season we're in right now is no different. In fact, if we think about it this way, just two years ago, we could have said that we had three primary expressions in two locations in our cities. But now after a series of bold moves where God has shown up in response, we stand on the verge of nine significant investments for his kingdom. Where God is raising our influence as a church, marking us as a people of love and hope in these cities. Each of our bold moves have been marked by his favor, but I want to talk specifically about one of them. Be the one represented by that dot there. It's the one we've been calling our next bold move. And for some of you who have been walking in the journey, you know that that's about the acquisition and repurposing of the former Kone building to serve as a regional hub. It is not about us getting bigger as a church. It's about us taking the kingdom and advancing the kingdom further. So it was about six months ago that we began a process of of prayer and negotiating. Prayer and more negotiating. Then more prayer and more negotiating. And more prayer and more negotiating. (laughs) For some of you, it felt like maybe we'd never ever get anywhere, but that entire journey was about us stewarding relationships and resources and the opportunity God is bringing in front of us. And I'm thrilled to tell you today that as of this past week, we have a signed sales agreement with the seller and that will be the next Heritage location in that building. Man. <laughs> Praise Jesus. This is a milestone in the life of our church, but he's the one who's doing it. We're just trying to stay in step with him. In fact, we've got a few more contingencies and some inspections, but we're moving towards a closing date of early August, which then that building will be our building to use for the glory of God in these cities for decades and generations to come. This is an exciting time in the life of our church, my friends. 10 to 20 years from now, you're going to be able to say, I was there. (laughs) I was there and part of that moment when God began to facilitate a new thing in our cities uh, of his transforming power. You'll be able to say you were there and part of that journey. Now, for, for those of you who maybe haven't been tracking with this conversation closely, or maybe you're new to Heritage and, and you're just asking the question, why? What's this all about? Why Kone? Why a regional hub? Those are fair and legitimate questions, but I think the better question actually is, why Bold Moves at all? Because if we can answer why Bold Moves, it makes sense, and we can understand why Kone. So hang with me for just a moment. You see, everybody, all people, every person was made for one purpose, for one thing, and that's for God. Whether they know it or not, whether they like it or not, even believe it or not, we are all created by God and for God. Now, not everybody walks with God in relationship with Him. But all of us, whether we do or not, are still here on this earth. And and it's it's a broken world. It's a fallen world marked by sin. But we're not still here because God no longer desires relationship with us. We're actually still here for one of two reasons. Either because He's patient in waiting for us to come into relationship with Him, Or he has us here to help others come into relationship with him. Those are the only two reasons we're here. You can think about it this way. There's only two things that we can do here that we cannot do in heaven. One is to sin, and the other is to lead people into relationship with God through Jesus. And we have not been left here to sin, but here to be part of God's greater purpose and story of leading others into relationship and restoration back to him. And if you're someone who is not in relationship with God today, you, you've never received Jesus as your Savior and began to walk with God in a relationship with Him. I want you to know you can do that today. It's within your grasp. All you have to do is have a conversation with God where you receive Jesus as Savior. And in the note guide that you received today when you came in are some, st- some steps and a prayer that you can engage in right where you're at even now and you can begin a relationship with God and begin to walk with Him. No matter where you've been, how long you've run, He longs for you to be in relationship. If you've already stepped in a relationship with God, Well, then now you're part of that second reason. Your divine purpose is to be engaged in His purpose in this world so that more people can know Jesus. That's why we make bold moves. Now, beyond that, let me make it more specific to why Kone. Because there's a very specific verse that, that speaks to why we strive the way we strive as a church. And it's Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Here's what it says. But seek the welfare of the cities where I have sent you into exile. And exile is not bad. Exile is purposeful. Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is the very reason we do what we do as a church. This is the very reason God does not yank us to heaven the moment we choose to receive Jesus and do it so fast it creates a vacuum on the earth. He doesn't do that because of this. He wants us to be a people of love and hope. His ambassadors and representatives Living in this world in a way where the people of this world can experience hope, where we can seek the welfare of those around us, their peace, their prosperity. And this can seem like a really big task. And it is a big task, but we serve a big God. And nothing is too difficult for Him. He is more than able to lead us into living into this purpose for His glory and for His kingdom, and so that others may know Him, so that others may walk with Him. Now, In order for us to stand in relationship with God and walk with Him, we have to do that in submission to Him. Because we do encounter obstacles. But one of the main realities is that God removes obstacles. This is your first feeling if you're using your note guide today. God removes great obstacles. He moves mountains. He he changes the hearts of kings. He separates seas and rivers. He breaks down barriers. He removes great obstacles. Through simple obedience. Through our simple obedience. When Moses stood at the Red Sea and it was parted, it was a direct result of simple obedience. When the Israelites crossed the Jordan and entered into the promised land and had victory at Jericho, it was because of simple obedience. When David defeated Goliath, it was because of simple obedience. When 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 a church moved into an old tennis club and saw God do a new thing, it was because of simple obedience. And God removes great obstacles through simple obedience. But I'll tell you something about this. Simple doesn't mean easy. Sometimes it means hard. Especially when you're talking about the kind of vision God's given us as a church. He's given us a grand, big vision. Kone is a big building. It's 117,000 square feet. But listen, it's not bigger than our God. Nothing is too hard for him. He is more than able to lead us in obedience. And he's asking us simply to step in bold obedience in response to what he's already doing. Because he's going to show up just like he already has. If we'll just step in simple obedience. You know, we we started the conversation around bold moves a while back. We've talked about a number of examples out of Scripture, but I want to revisit one of them. I want to revisit a man named Jonathan and a particular encounter that he had. And if you've got a Bible, you can go to 1 Samuel 14, or you can just read in your note guide or here on the screen. But let me just catch up those of you who weren't here when we first talked about this. The situation is that Jonathan is the son of a man named Saul, and Saul was the king of Israel. And Saul, as king of Israel, was hanging out with an army of 600 men under a pomegranate tree. Not far from them was a garrison of Philistine warriors, their, their enemy, guarding a pass. It was a stalemate. It was a, it was a squared off moment. With, with the, it was tense in that space. But Jonathan stepped to his armor bearer and said, hey, you know what? Let's just go over there and see if God might do something. Let's just go over and see if God might do something. And so he takes his armor bearer, his assistant. They go over. Their plan is just to show themselves to the enemy. And they had a very specific sequence that they would know if God was leading them in. And so they do that. They show themselves to the enemy. And here's what the enemy says in response. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan, his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. They're like saying, bring it, let's go. And then Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me, the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Now, this may seem rash, but this is coming out of a deep journey of faith. This is not foolhardy or flippant. This is a direct result of, the, of being filled up and overflowing in a life of faith with Jonathan, what Jonathan had with God. And his confidence was not rooted in his own character, his own strength. His, his confidence was rooted in who God was. I mean, you may recall that, that this dynamic was that Jonathan was going to, attack, going to attack a larger force that was in a defensive position uphill, and he only had one sword. In fact, in the whole of the Israelite army, there were only two swords. Jonathan had one, and Saul had the other. Everybody else had, like, farm implements and tools. Yet, yet Jonathan understood that God removes great obstacles through simple obedience. And so he goes, and he steps into that moment, understanding that obedience leads to God removing those obstacles. Now, here's a reality about simple obedience that you must understand if you're going to live into it, if we're going to live into it ourselves. The reality is that simple obedience always starts with a bold step of faith. It always starts with a bold step of faith. It's not always easy, but it always starts with a bold step of faith. And for Jonathan, that bold step of faith was to climb with what he had. And by faith to go up the hill. It's the same challenge before us. It's the same invitation before us. God wants to do the miraculous in our lives if we will just step in bold obedience. He does it for Jonathan. Take a look at what happens. Here's what it says. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area Of about a half an acre now listen this story this moment is is not just about a single battle it's not even about an outpost it's about so much more because because of the bold obedience of one person it mobilizes hundreds the entire Israelite army that was hanging out under that tree is mobilized to engage in this battle it leads to a grand victory but beyond the victory in that moment was this beautiful story of reconciliation because as as a result of Jonathan's bold obedience there were Israelites who had who had abandoned their people they had gone and hidden out of fear they had gone over to the Philistine camp and 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 fought with and alongside and collaborated with them it, there was a brokenness in relationships but because of the bold obedience of that god brought a reconciliation where all those people came back to their kin they all came back together And God seeks to do the miraculous in places like that through simple obedience by bold steps of faith. Bold steps of faith. Now let me just turn this on your head for just a moment because I think most of you can track with me at this point, but when you start to butt up against uh, an exception, but here's the deal. You need to understand that we always, we always have all we need to take our next step of faith. We always have it. We may not have what we want, but we always have what we need. We always have what we need to take our next step of faith. God provides it. He provides exactly what we need to take our next step, and he may want to provide more after that first step. And the reality is we may only have a sword, and it may not seem like enough, but with bold obedience, God removes great obstacles. We may not have everything we want. It may not seem like much, but whenever God says take a step of bold faith, and we actually do, he shows up in that midst. The question that is before all of us in our personal lives and even as a church is will we take that step? Will we actually make that move? You have to understand something. Saul had exactly what Jonathan did. He had a sword. But he actually had more. He had 600 warriors with him. And he had the anointing and authority of king. But he lacked the faith to step in bold obedience. And therefore, his obstacles remained. But for Jonathan, they were removed. And I've got to tell you, as we as a church family have stepped boldly in obedience, and we've gone into schools, and we've gone into prisons, and we've gone into neighborhoods and communities, and even now as we move to step into the Kone facility, God has repeatedly been removing the obstacles before us. He is going before us. He is the one who's working and moving, even now, in ways we can see, in ways we don't yet see. And I understand that for some of you, he's already stirring your heart to be part of the bold moves that we're engaging. Even for some of you today, he's stirring within you uh, this desire to step in obedience in an area where you have an obstacle in your private or personal life. He wants to remove that obstacle in your private, personal life if you'll just step in bold obedience. You already have what you need to step in bold obedience. Just step. Just step. And he will remove the obstacle as you step in that obedience. He did it in Jonathan's life. He is doing it in the life of our church. Listen, the Lord is delivering to us a building that was originally identified as $7 million building for a mere fraction of that amount of money. He is raising and elevating our influence as a church in these cities for his transforming presence. In unprecedented conversations and places where it matters that our church is in these cities, the relevance for for generations to come is being defined in this season as we step in bold obedience. As we're willing to say, here we are, Lord, we're willing to make the climb. Now, we're not gonna do this alone. We're gonna do it with other organizations, even other churches. We're not supposed to do it alone, but I, I I know without any doubt that God is asking us to be the lead catalyst. Very much in a very similar way to Jonathan. A lead catalyst in a movement of God that ripples for decades and generations to come. This this Kone facility is uniquely designed. It's a unique space and it'll serve as a place of collaboration and training and reconciliation all across our cities in this region. God desires for that to be an epicenter of this movement. And he's calling us to step in bold obedience to see that happen. If you want more information about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how that all works, you can go to heritageqc.com and forward slash bold dash moves. And there's lots of information, some videos, just frequently asked questions. You can get more information there. But as we continue to step forward in this journey, we're reaching a transition point in the narrative that God's been writing. It, it kind of takes us to the so what reality. See, as a church, we have talked to God, we have heard what He said, we have gone over to the other side, we have have shown ourselves in that dynamic, and we have received a response, and now we have an invitation to climb. Now begins the climb. Now is the opportunity for us to step in bold obedience and walk with God. Now is the opportunity for us to start with, with hands and feet, to climb in bold obedience. And, and we do that out of what we have, knowing that God wants to outpour and pour more of what we need to continue in bold obedience forward beyond this initial first step. So just as the Israelites, when they were freed from Egypt, had to work their way to the promised land, and just as when they crossed into the promised land, they had to fight their way to occupy the whole land, or, or even just as Jonathan, once they'd gotten the sign, they still had to climb and fight, we still have a climb ahead of us, and we're now poised to begin that climb. But listen, just as Jonathan did, we're pausing before that climb to acknowledge the hand of God. It's fascinating to me that Jonathan, once those guys said, come on up, bring it, he could have just turned around and started to climb, but he didn't. He did two things. He turned to his armor bearer and he acknowledged what was next. He acknowledged that the climb was to come, but then he acknowledged, more importantly, the hand of God in making it possible. And it wasn't even delivering these men into the hand of Jonathan. It was at the hand of Israel. It was for a greater narrative and greater purpose. And that's exactly what I want us to do today. I want us to pause, acknowledge what's ahead in the climb, but more importantly, acknowledge the hand of God. Most often in Scripture, when we find something miraculous that God did, it's often preceded by a group of people, or at least an individual, who is willing to consecrate themselves and pray. That would lead to that miraculous thing. And so we're we're gonna take time right now as a church family to consecrate ourselves and to pray, to prepare ourselves before the climb. We're gonna celebrate before we climb. We're gonna acknowledge the hand of God before we climb. And we're gonna do that through the sacrament of communion. See, communion is a holy time of worship and remembrance. It's not just an activity. It's not just a point to something historic. It is that, but it's so much more. It's, it's a holy time of worship and remembrance in which we demonstrate our obedience by doing it because Jesus told us to do it. We also remember his life, his death, his resurrection. We acknowledge what he did, and we celebrate that, and we say thank you it's also time for us to examine our lives. This is that consecration piece where we say, God, where, where am I needing to allow you to change me? Lord, where, where do I need to step by faith? Lord, where do I need to step in obedience so you can remove the obstacles? It's an examination time. But we're also proclaiming his death and in turn also proclaiming his resurrection. This, his death is what allows us to have a relationship with God. His resurrection gives us the power to live a new life. But then there's this corporate dynamic because we're not just doing this as individuals. We're doing this together as a community. So as we step into this moment, I want to invite you to prepare your heart and mind for this time. Because communion is something that Jesus gave us. It was instruction and directive for us to engage in. And it was the night that he was actually betrayed that he took the bread and he took the cup, the symbol of his body and the symbol of his blood. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. He took that cup and he said, this represents my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. He asked us to take each in remembrance of him. It is is a time of remembrance, but it's also a time of worship. It's a time of consecration. So in a few moments, when the ushers come, I want to invite all of us to step into this time of worship and remembrance. If you're a follower of Jesus, I invite you to take the elements. This is is a time for those who have received Jesus as Savior to say thank you, to walk through the steps of obedience and remembrance and consecration. But if you don't know Jesus, don't feel any pressure to take this. But if you don't know him, but you you feel him calling you to step in a relationship, you can do that right now. You can pray that prayer in the note guide, and then you can turn around with a relationship with him and step into this moment of worship and remembrance. Having done that as a follower of Jesus, we're going to take these elements. In fact, when the, when the tray passes in front of you, it's going to be double-stacked cups. And I want you to reach in. Make sure you get both cups. One contains the, the symbol of the body and the other can, contains the symbol of the blood. It's, it's the bread and the cup. And I want you to take those two cups and just hold them. I, I just want you to hold them and begin to have your own conversation with God. A time of prayer and consecration. Talk about the things you need to talk through. I want you to hold those things because i ultimately want us as a church family to take those together when directed i want us to take them together when do i want us to do it together Together. it's always frustrating not to know if you're supposed to hold them or take them we're going to do it together when instructed but if you're looking for gluten-free today it's going to be in the back of your campus expression encourage you to go get that when you feel comfortable but i want to pray for a moment and then and then step away before i come back in a moment to wrap up our time For you to just have conversation with God that that time of prayer and consecration before we begin our climb so I want to invite you to join me as I pray and we step into this time of worship and remembrance Heavenly Father Lord God Almighty we worship you today we acknowledge your hand of provision we acknowledge your faithfulness we we say thank you for Jesus Thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection. Thank you for the, the purpose we have in re, as we receive him as Savior and we receive life and purpose in your kingdom and we become part of something much bigger than us. And so Jesus, I pray during these next few moments as each of my brothers and sisters process with you where they're at in relationship, where they need to step in obedience, as they examine their own lives and even just say thank you for what you endured on the cross and paying a debt we couldn't pay. May you speak and lead, and may you prepare us, prepare us for what is ahead. For we love you and we submit all that we are to you, for you alone our God. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. My friends, God is increasingly positioning us as a church, as a lead catalyst in his transforming power in these cities. This conversation is not about a building, but about the welfare of our cities. This whole thing is not even about us. It's about Jesus and his fame. And whether you've walked with Heritage a long time and you've been leading into the Bold Moves conversation the whole way, or whether this is your first time here today checking out Heritage, you're like, you people are crazy. Like, what is going on? Listen, it's the same invitation for all of us. Take your next step of bold obedience. Take it. He shows up every time. In fact, as your pastor, I want to invite all of us to consider this question for this week and even today What is your faithful response to God's faithfulness? What's your faithful response to His faithfulness? What's your next? You have a next, and it is yours. But listen to me even though it's individual, it is not independent, it is connected to the larger narrative that God is writing. So what is your response to his faithfulness? What do you have that he wants to use as a catalytic influence? This whole journey for me as your pastor has been inviting you to just talk to God and do what he says. Listen and obey. That's all I ask of you. And many of you have done that. Some of you have talked to God, you have heard, you've made commitments, and you've even stepped in obedience and gave and fulfilled that obedient step. I want to say thank you, but I want you to keep listening (laughs) because when when we're faithful with little, God wants to entrust us with much, and so you have a next. What's your faithful response to his faithfulness next? For those of you who have talked to God and, and you heard him ask you to step into commitment and you declared that, but you have not yet given, I want to invite you to lean into that now. Lean into the obedient step of giving. As we step into the climb, this is the time to step in bold obedience. I realize for some of you, you've talked to God and you've not heard yet what He's asked you to do. Or maybe you've been waiting for the information we're even giving this week. (laughs) Because perhaps you were thinking, I'm not even sure these knuckleheads can pull this thing off. (laughs) But i got to tell you, we can't. But our God can. And He is. So talk to God and do what He says. If you're someone who is just bumping into this for the first time, and you've not taken time to talk to God, you don't know what He's asking you to do, I just want to encourage you to lean into that. That's your next step. Talk to him. Ask him what he wants of you and then step in bold obedience because he's going to show up. There's a couple of things I want to keep on your radar and you can mark down because it's part of our next climb. But this week June 28th Wednesday night 630 right here at the Rock Island campus is a scoop night where we're going to talk a bit more about the details of the journey to this point and details of the journey moving forward as we start the climb. If you're a regular member of Heritage and this is your church home, I invite you to come on Wednesday to be part of that conversation. We're again just talking to God and doing what he says and there's different ways to engage in this process and if you haven't known how to do that yet, I encourage you to get online and read and you can can make commitments there or you can even use a card that you can find next to where you're sitting. Fill that out. It's important for us to know what God's saying to you so we know what stewardship looks like moving forward. So when you talk to God and know what he's asking you to do, let us know because that's part of our journey. That's part of our journey as leaders to steward that well. So on Wednesday night, scoop night, we're going to talk a bit more about the details. Beyond that, on July 1st and 2nd is an opportunity for formal members to vote. Those who have formal membership within the Heritage family is an opportunity to vote. Within our system and structure, whenever we make significant decisions like acquiring property, we receive the affirmation of our local church family, and then we look for the endorsement of our district leadership. And so on the 1st and 2nd of July, after each service, will be an opportunity for those who hold formal membership at Heritage to vote on our next bold move, to vote on the acquisition of the Conay facility. I encourage you to take part in that if you have membership here at the church. Presuming that that's affirmed and the district endorses it, our next step is to close in the early part of August. But our journey in this climb is staying the same, talking to God and doing what he says. The reality is that Saul talked to God, but he didn't do what he said. Jonathan talked to God and did everything he said, and God took that obedience and did miraculous things. Even with one sword that didn't seem like much in the dynamic that he was in, God takes what we have when we step in bold obedience, and he does the miraculous in that combination. And whether it's a sword or some fish and loaves or a single step of bold faith, that's where he shows up. He's doing it now in our church. He did it for Jonathan, and he wants to do it in and through you if you will listen and obey. So as we prepare to step back and just worship a bit more, we're going to worship through song and through giving but I want to take one more moment to consecrate ourselves and pray. Just corporately want to pray together as we prepare to begin this climb. So you can take whatever prayer posture you want and I just invite you to join me as we step into this moment of consecration and prayer before we start the climb. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, my Lord and my God and my King, it is in the name of Jesus that we come before you now. It's in the name of Jesus that we come boldly It's in the name of Jesus that we have life and hope. It's in the name of Jesus that we love. It's in the name of Jesus that we live sent. It's in the name of Jesus that we step in bold moves. And I thank you for the way you invite us into your story. And you give us purpose beyond ourselves. And I thank you that as a church, as as we have stepped in, in bold obedience that simple obedience through those bold steps of faith. You have removed obstacles. Thank you for doing that. And I know that there is more to come as we continue to step. But Lord, may you find us faithful, being willing to climb, no matter the cost, Lord, to be able to climb in pursuit of your purpose, because this is ultimately about you. So help us live in that way. Help each of my friends to understand what their next step of faithfulness is to your faithfulness, that response. And may you be able to accomplish far more than we can ask or imagine. This is ultimately, God, Not about us, but about you. This is about your kingdom. This is about your glory and your purpose. And I thank you that you're allowing us to be part of it. You are good. You are magnificent. You are mighty. And you are true. And there is no God like you. So I ask, Father, that you, through us, would expand and advance your kingdom. That you would build your kingdom here in very specific ways so that men and women and boys and girls across these cities and this region would know that you alone are God. You alone are God through your son, Jesus Christ. I pray this in his name. And everybody said, amen.